Hello, and welcome to the latest podcast from Exeter Expertise. Today, we are talking to Dr. Sebastian Tideman, who's an assistant professor in finance and accounting at the Business School here in Exeter. We're talking to Sebastian today about his recent research on political affinity between countries and the effect that this has on cross-border acquisitions of companies. The research is very topical. It's just being published in the December issue of Strategic Management Journal, and it's based on a sample of over a thousand cross-border acquisitions between 1999 and 2018. Uh, Sebastian, welcome. Hello, Toby. Thanks for having me. Not at all. Pleasure to be speaking to you. I think we need to start by asking you, what was the main problem or issue you were looking to address in this research? I guess the starting point of this project is to acknowledge that when firms acquire other companies, it is a very complex situation for the companies, but also for the investors who then will need to assess, is this a good acquisition by the company? Yeah, so it's a very complex information environment for investors. And there's been research that shows that investors react to these announcements and that the way how companies communicate these events is something that's relevant to investors. So our starting point was that prior research had identified that and they did that for within-country settings. Yeah, So they showed for within US acquisitions or within UK acquisitions. Yeah? So the acquirer and the target firm both being in the same country that there is complexity that investors have a difficulty to assess. So they use the information that's disclosed by the company to do so. What we did is we took that research a step further and looked at cross-border acquisitions acquisitions where the acquiring and the target company and two different countries. Yeah? So that's an acquirer from the United Kingdom and a target being in China. And we argue that in these situations, the similarity in political affairs, which we label as political affinity, might impact how investors react to that deal that happens between two foreign countries. I guess most people would expect that if you're dealing cross borders, that there's going to be greater challenges than if you're in, say, one jurisdiction. But perhaps you could summarise for us some of the challenges and difficulties that you've observed when two firms from different countries are coming together. And I guess particularly where one country is significantly different to the other. That's a great summary. I guess the key challenge that companies face arise when companies have particularly strong reactions to those deal announcements when we have a big dissent in political affairs. So there are some situations where there are acquisitions between companies in very different countries different types of democracy. Yeah? So let's say the US versus China. And these situations, investors fear that the governments could interfere. Let's say when a Chinese company wants to acquire a US company, there might be government intervention. The US government has a different political agenda and they might use those business intervention as a mean to, to leverage uh, their own power and to pursue their own agenda. And when we look at those announcements, we do see that investors react differently, embed those political affinity um, situations into their assessment. So conversely, do you see less challenges or issues when perhaps, say, a company in France and Italy, for example, are coming together because it's in the EU, it's the same jurisdiction. So at the opposite scale, are there less issues where the political culture and climate is 
broadly similar? Absolutely. We can clearly say that companies that make cross-border acquisitions with countries that are quite similar, and I think it's a very good example, most companies, that's what we observe in, in the data that we use within the EU, within particularly continental Europe, they do have a high degree of political similarity, of political affinity, and those countries and those companies that do transactions do benefit from a more positive capital market reaction to their deals announcement. So when they negotiate a premium so there's an add-on that the company that acquires needs to pay to the target, then investors react to more positively to that target because they're not afraid there might be a government intervention. So they don't really think this is a risky assessment. So you can really make the argument two-sided. Now you can say if there's a high degree of political similarity, investors don't perceive there to be a risk situation, so they don't charge a risk premium. So there's a more positive reaction at the same time. If there's a high risk related to political affinity, you do see a negative reaction to that premium. So I guess that's a key takeaway from our research is political affinity does matter when it comes to how the investors of both the acquiring company and the target company do react to the deal announcement and the premium the company is willing to take. And are there some well-known examples you could point to where political affinity has meant that the acquisition has gone relatively smoothly, but also where there is a huge political difference where actually there's been quite a few issues and difficulties in the two companies coming together? I think the short answer to that question is when it comes to examples with a high degree of political affinity, that happens all the time. Yeah, so there are many acquisitions where you hear nothing until the deal is announced, where you don't have a lot of debates within the company, where you don't have a lot of debates with, with the shareholders. And once the deal is announced, it's a rather smooth acquisition and you have a positive reaction from investors of both the acquiring and the target firm. A recent example is when the US administration tried to ban the acquisition of TikTok. There was the debate that Microsoft was in talks of acquiring the company and the Trump administration was quite boldly saying they have serious concerns and they argued that might be linked to the security. So you can clearly say this is a good example for political or a lack of political affinity, how it prevents acquisitions and investors in that case, for instance, might be afraid that even if there is a deal negotiated, it might not happen because the US government might use its executive power and prevent that deal from happening. So investors do react negative to that. So TikTok and Microsoft is a very topical example. And it also verifies our claim that we make in the paper, namely that political affinity is a risk factor a lack of political affinity might harm the likelihood of a deal completion, because as we now know, that deal never happened. Obviously, the Trump administration, whatever you think of it, most people would say that it was a fairly unusual period in US relations with the rest of the world. Would you see that as a more temporary state of affairs? Whereas if you compare it to somewhere like China, whereas that political system is very long established, was the TikTok example a blip, do you think? Or, or is there something more to it? No, I think that's a general issue that exists in the long run as well. So I think the Trump administration was a very bold example because it was heavily debated in the media, but it's something that we observe with our data way before the Trump administration happened. And as you pointed out in the beginning, our sample starts in 1999. So we have a sample of 20 years and our results are not really depending on the last few years with the Trump administration, but it's really a consistent pattern we see over time. And China is a very good example. So the degree of political 
affinity between the UK and China, for instance, has been quite low over time. So that's just something I think that's quite relevant for investors and practitioners alike. If you consider acquiring a company and you have different options, it might make sense to, for instance, when it comes to an option, say China and continental European country, just to be aware of that factor of political affinity that just induces additional risks and additional also perceived risk for investors. So they might react more negatively if you negotiate a deal with a Chinese company versus with a company that is in a country where there are closer political ties with the UK. I guess what I'd like to move on to now is what are some of the practical elements of your research in terms of what does this mean for investors themselves, whether that's organizational investors or us as individual consumers? I mean, what does it actually mean in practice for the investment community? I guess the starting point is for companies to be aware that political affinity is relevant, is relevant for whether a deal happens, whether the acquisition can actually take place. Governments do intervene more often when political affinity is low, because then different political agendas show up and deals might not happen. Yeah, So that's the implication for managers or the first implication for managers. Be aware of political affinity and the risk related to that if there's not a high degree of political affinity. The second one, and that's an implication for both investors and managers alike, is the following. Investors should be aware of the likelihood that deals might not happen. So when they see a deal happening between an acquiring and target country where political affinity is low, the likelihood of the deal being concluded is lower than a setup where acquiring and target firms are in countries where there's closer political time. So in general, prior capital market reactions, prior investors' reactions to those deals were less favorable. And that's the implication. And then again, for managers, they should be aware that investors use the information that's included in political affinity, and they should think about how to communicate with investors, how they perceive that political affinity risk and how they might be able to mitigate those effects. So I would suggest a straightforward explanation why that particular acquisition is relevant and why they are potentially even willing to take that risk because they say that might be a very strategic investment, a very helpful investment for the company. So be aware of that political affinity risk for the investment and communicate it with the capital market. I guess for us as consumers or for us as being politically interested, it is a very good example of how society at the political level and businesses are interlinked. So it's a bold, bold example for the costs that might arise when there's a distance in politics. Thinking about the TikTok example with the Trump administration and the Chinese government, where a lot of researchers, a lot of journalists argued it was not really about that business. It was not really about the specific company TikTok, but it was rather a vehicle for the political system to interfere or to show off their power or to use their power. So that's just something to be aware of as a society, as individuals. If you don't work together at a political level, it does have real implications for businesses. I guess it's a concluding question. As the world, I guess, gets closer together, globalisation is a process that we're still going through. Do you think that the political influence for cross-border acquisitions is going to get greater or less? What do you think the pattern's going to be? Or is it just that it's always going to be there? Because when you're dealing with two different countries, inevitably there will be politics involved. I think that the key element of political affinity and how the capital market reacts is it's all driven by uncertainty. If we knew there would be an intervention by the government, the capital market would price it in and the reaction would be immediate and would be strong. But you see that the capital market only reacts to some extent. We don't really know what's happening. We don't really know what happens between the US and China. 
it looks like there might be some sort of rearrangements. And then even with Europe, we do even see within continental Europe, there might be some tensions evolving. So to me, there's a lot of uncertainty involved in the short term, in the long term as well. But I do think that political affinity will always matter. And I think to what extent it'll matter for specific countries will change over time. Right now, looks like there's some sort of relaxation between the US and China. Things might get worse in the short term. So I think another implication of that study for practitioners, for companies, for investors, always be aware of political affinity. It's not something that's fixed. So you look at it today and you realize, okay, that's a country pair with high political affinity. That's a country pair with low political affinity. Things might change. And that's also what we observe in the data. There have been shifts. Certain countries came closer together, where it's a higher political affinity. But there's also other countries where political affinity decreased, where there's more dissimilarity now. So key takeaway here as well, always watch out and stay informed. Have a look at the political system, how the whole environment around the investments changes over time. And I really do believe political affinity stays an important factor um, that investors should consider in the long term as well. Sebastian, it's been fascinating talking to you today. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Thank you, Toby. It was fun talking to you.